Welcome to the Retreat House Podcast. We're your hosts, Angie Smith and Tonya Conschnabel. The Retreat House table is a bit more decorated this season. We have our Advent wreath in the middle, and this week we are lighting the candle of hope. So we hope that you'll pull up a chair and join us as we talk to Nina Barnes about hope. We are on location again, back at the University of Northwestern. For this Advent series, I have a co-host with me, my friend Tanya Kronschnabel. And we are sitting down with Nina Barnes, who is the Dean of Spiritual Formation and Leadership in Student Life at the University of Northwestern. Welcome, Nina. I'm Thank so glad you. to have you. It's good to be with you. Is there anything else that you would like to tell the listeners about yourself? You know, when, when you read my title, I thought about how many titles I've had in my life. I'm mm. old. I have had <laughs> a lot of roles and titles, but really the, the, the title that I, that I appreciate the most is Mama Bear. Mm. And that's what my 27-year-old son calls me. Oh, I love that. I used to call him Cub, and now he's Man Cub because right. he's 27. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're Mama Bear. I'm Mama Bear. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I just have such an appreciation for Nina, for her voice, for who she is, what she stands for, um, the way she talks to people. If you've ever come to Set Apart or heard her speak, you'll understand what I'm talking about. So I really wanted to have her on the podcast, and I wanted to do this Advent series. And so I had said to Nina, I well, I want to have you on, and we're going to do the four weeks of Advent, what would you like to speak on? And you came back and said, I want to talk about hope. Mm -hmm. And I want to talk about how we have how we need encouragement along with that hope. Yeah, when I think of Advent, um, I I just it's the starting place for me of Mary. Mm -hmm. But it's the relationship between Mary and Elizabeth, and the encouragement between those two women uh, that I get a lot of hope from. And there's there's just so much that I wonder about their relationship. Like what are some of the things that you wonder? So, you know, when I so I'm I'm I have, you know, my my Kindle Bible <laughs> open and every time I read, you know, you, you get just this one dimensional in a sense picture of Mary showing up. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we read that John the Baptist mm-hmm. leapt within Elizabeth's womb and we so we read that and and but you know, were they smiling? Was it surprise? Mm-hmm. Was Elizabeth expecting Mary? Right. Um, and then we know that Mary stayed for three months. And the encouragement that Mary had to have needed right. after that shocking visit, mm-hmm. and she's told that she's going to be a mother, mm-hmm. and right. not just any mother. <laughs> the, mother the mother of the, God. Yeah. That's amazing. Tanya, would you read? would you read that section for us? At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. And then, you know, the, the, the section that's, you know, entitled in most Bibles is the Magnificat, mm-hmm. you know, and then so Mary's response to Elizabeth's greeting. I mean, how many of us get a greeting that way? Right, right. Mm-hmm. 
Will you sing that, Tanya? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and and so it, so I wonder. Okay, did she know? It doesn't. It doesn't seem that she knew that Mary was that coming. Mary was coming. Mm-hmm. And so you know, we read she's filled with the Holy Spirit, and so does that just pour out of her? Right. Is there an affection? I mean, they're relatives. Right. So there would be a, a family, a familiar affection between the two of them, but that's that greeting. And then Mary's response to that greeting. And then we, so we, you know, and we can read that in a few minutes if you want. Mm-hmm. And then we get to verse 56 and it says, Mary stayed with Elizabeth about three months and then went back to her own home. What? Yeah. So what happened in those three months the, between right. those two women, both pregnant? Right. Mm-hmm. With... The f- children. Yes. They both got impossible children. Yes. Yeah. 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 You know, both got an announcement. I mean, and when you think about um, Elizabeth's husband, Zachariah, mm-hmm. his response to the angel. Right. And then him being struck mute mm-hmm. because of his response versus Mary's. So did they compare notes on that? Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and talk about <laughs> that piece. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so those are the things that I wonder about. But then, you know, here Mary leaves and and and, and goes to visit, you know, as 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 you read, she hurried there. Mm-hmm. So what was she fleeing? Right. And Elizabeth must have been a safe place or a yeah. safe person for her to go. I mean, to. don't you I mm-hmm. mean, yeah. I think I mean I can think of people right away in my life who are safe people who would offer the encouragement and you know to think about she just got this message from the angel mm-hmm. we don't even read that she told anybody mm-hmm. right and when we know from Matthew chapter 1 that Joseph knows something right and is going to quietly put her away and divorce her mm-hmm. until he gets a visitation that tells him no right you know but who 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 did she tell like did even her parents know right did she just leave afterwards did she just say i'm going to visit mm-hmm. cousins mm-hmm. and without saying why but you know i so those are the questions that i wonder about um did she tell and it was not encouraging and so she sought out encouragement Mm-hmm. Those are the the wonderings, but then that yeah. relationship for those three months that she's there, and a protection of that dream and the hope, right outside of the eyes of people who might have known. Okay, she's engaged, but she's she's not married yeah, she's yet. Not right to be pregnant yet. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So, have you? I mean. Is there an, an Elizabeth that you have in your life or has there been a time in your life when you've fled for that kind of mm-hmm. encouragement? Yeah. And it's so there was a message that I heard probably, I mean, it was probably 25 years ago. That was the, the message that first kind of got me started down this path of Mary and Elizabeth's relationship. Mm. And after that, a friend and I who heard the same message, we would refer to each other as as Elizabeths, like we were an Elizabeth to one another. Okay. And and that became a question that I would ask like, when somebody was 
uh, frustrated or challenged or lonely? Do you have an Elizabeth? Mm. So it really became like a, a type of a person for me right. of who is that person that when something unexpected happens, who do you go to? Or when there's a dream that nobody else can see, mm. mm-hmm. there's a vision that you've been given that if you try to tell somebody, they're going to look at you like you're a little crazy. Mm-hmm. Like you're pregnant and it's right. an immaculate conception. Right. That kind of thing. I'm a virgin <laughs> and I'm pregnant. Right. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> and what do you get? What's the blowback that you're going to get? So mm-hmm. for all of us, when there's a dream, that little bit of a, of a whisper. Right. Then when the Lord is like starting to whisper yeah. Yeah. that vision. Who is a safe person? And that Elizabeth had lived in disgrace for so long because in the Jewish culture mm-hmm. it was considered, and it, and it even makes a point of saying that they were holy and righteous in God's, because that Jewish people saw it as a curse. Like if you don't have yeah. children, there's something wrong with you that's yeah. not from the Lord. What are you doing wrong type thing. So, so all her life she would have been under this condemnation. Yeah. So she, she kind of would have known what it felt to be like under condemnation. Yeah. Yeah. So if Mary was experiencing that, then Elizabeth was somebody who's like, I know that feeling. Yeah. But look at what the Lord has done. Yeah. And so she's able to share with Mary, like, I know that feeling, but look at what the Lord is is doing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and 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 which then makes me wonder. Okay, so Zachariah comes home. Elizabeth ends up pregnant. What was that? Did she wonder, like? What is this feeling? I can't be pregnant. Like, did she wonder? Mm-hmm. And then did she keep it a secret? Mm-hmm. When did she tell people? Right. Because can you imagine her? So to your point about being a safe place, she would have known what it's like to protect something until it becomes so obvious that people go, okay, I guess she really is pregnant. Right. Because otherwise that old woman cannot it's be pregnant. Crazy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so she would have had the recent... Mm-hmm. experience of having to hold close something that nobody else is going to believe. Mm. The promise. The promise. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I think there's something in protecting that promise that sometimes we speak too quickly and too freely about things that are meant just for us mm-hmm. or, or us and another trusted person. And then we get discouraged because people are going, I, I don't know. We get more feedback than we should be receiving because it was never meant to be shared. Mm-hmm. The time wasn't right. I so get that. And yes. I can so identify with that <laughs> because I'm an overshare mm. and I get excited about things. And it's just been recently where I've realized the value of that to, to hold when God is whispering to hold on to that and, and to sit on it and wait in it and like to just be in it for a little while first yeah before sharing it yeah that's hugely valuable because that's the other place of advent is the waiting Mm -hmm. i mean advent is all about waiting and we don't wait well most of us don't wait well i sure don't yeah (laughs) (laughs) well we live in an instant Mm -hmm. society everything is instant we don't have to wait for anything we don't even have to wonder we're talking about wonder we don't have to wonder we ask siri or google Mm -hmm. it yeah. And so instant answers. And so this picture of waiting, but waiting with hope. Right. And having an encourager. Right. 
And so it's made me at different points in my life think about, okay, in this season and for this little seedling Mm -hmm. of a dream, who is it? Because I don't believe it's always the same person. Mm -hmm. Because some people have a vision for something or like you said, Tanya, they've had an experience. Mm -hmm. So they get it. But that same person might not be the person the next time because it's something outside of their realm. And people get practical. And they want to ask all the questions when you can't even answer them yet. But the discouragement that comes because, well, did I hear right? Or right. did I make all this stuff mm-hmm. up? Or Yes. And God's, and God's care for these two extraordinary women. Because yeah. you think of the burden that Elizabeth had being old and, and the message was given to her husband, not even to her. She didn't get the angel came to her. The mm-hmm. angel came to her husband and said... And so she's carrying all of that. And then, obviously, very young, naive Mary, who's in this impossible situation. And so the Lord, in his gentleness, puts them together and knows that um, they're they're a comfort to each other. But Mm -hmm. just the goodness of God to do that. Because he could have just said, nope, you're going to have to tough it out by yourself and just trust in me and cling to me, which I mean, we're supposed to do as well. But... The, it speaks to me of the gentleness of God that he was like, nope, you're going to need this, Mary. And Elizabeth, you're going to need Mary yes. for this time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. No, it is a beautiful picture of, of mutuality and care all the way around mm-hmm. uh, and God's provision. And, and then you wonder, I wonder um, what that was like for people looking in. I wonder what it was like for Zachariah. Mm. Mm-hmm. He couldn't ask. I mean, right, he, could, right. <laughs> he could write it down. Right, exactly. Frantically writing on a chalkboard. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, the, Mary's response to Elizabeth, you, all of this that poured out of her, it prompted her to praise God. And I wonder, like, if she hadn't gotten that greeting from Elizabeth, would that overflow of praise been the same? Right. Or did Elizabeth's encouragement give voice to something in Mary? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because she's owning her identity in this. Right. Do you want to read it? Sure. Yeah. Um, so Mary responded, oh, how my soul praises the Lord, how my spirit rejoices in God, my savior, for he took notice of his lowly servant girl. And from now on, all generations will call me blessed for the mighty one is holy and he has done great things for me. He shows mercy from generation to generation to all who fear him. His mighty arm has done tremendous things. He has scattered the proud and haughty ones. He has brought down princes from their thrones and exalted the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away with empty hands. He has helped his servant Israel and remembered to be merciful. For he made this promise to our ancestors to Abraham and his children forever. And so for all of that to flow out of her. Right. And even the mention of Abraham, I mean, to go back to, was she thinking about Sarah? Right. Mm -hmm. With Elizabeth? With Elizabeth. Mm -hmm. As older women, Sarah pregnant beyond the age that she should have been pregnant. Elizabeth pregnant at the age that beyond the age that she should have been pregnant. So all of that just 
like, did that mean something more to them than when we read that word? Right. Oh, okay. As a reference to Abraham, Mm -hmm. like to Elizabeth, I imagine Elizabeth's eyes tearing Mm -hmm. to think about her ancestor, Sarah. Who would have understood. Who would have understood. Mm -hmm. Again, to your point, Tanya. Well, and as you were reading that, what I was thinking about is when God calls you to do something and you say yes, and so you start putting one foot in front of the other, how hard it is and how it's sometimes hard to see God accurately and truthfully and how Elizabeth and how, but we want to like in the depths of our soul, we want to trust and to know he's good. And was it that when Elizabeth said that to Mary, that Mary was like, yes, like Mm -hmm. all these things that were deep in her soul had to come out because her experience wasn't necessarily matching what she knew to be true. You know, what what you were yes. saying about the naysayers or the mm-hmm. people that were doubting what had happened. Mm-hmm. But that ex- almost like an explosion of yeah. praise. Yeah. And the expectation that there'd be, there had been like 400 years of silence on the whole like prophets and, and that sort of thing. And then and that, now we have speaking of the like prophesying of what the Savior is going to mm-hmm. do. His his plan to bring you know to fill up the humble to fill the hungry with good things and and all that sort of thing that's echoed in there, and that it's coming through this young girl, yes. yeah, like that to me is just amazing. After yeah. so much silence, that there's this welling up of this hope of the Savior's on his way, and it mm-hmm. comes through Mary's mm-hmm. exclamation. Yeah. Right. What's interesting is that it's only in Luke. Right. Mm. Because it's not in the other gospels. No. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. it's only in Luke. Mm-hmm. Um Matthew tells the account of Joseph and and you know when he's going to put Mary aside quietly. Right. That's what Matthew tells. It just gives this brief bit about Mary enough to talk about Joseph. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but you know when I think about um, Mary going back so mm. at that point she's going back she's likely showing after the three right after three months after three months and we don't know I mean did she it says she hurried there so I'm assuming it's right after she's been you know Gabriel has visited but we don't know did she go immediately so was she three months was she do you know what I'm saying right. um, but we, we would know she's early on but she's probably showing so now what was that like and how how much she needed that encouragement and that safe space? Because now she's walking back into a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. And if she hadn't had that, how do you at that age? Right. At any age. Mm-hmm. And then how much is she telling them? Right. Like, right. Yeah. There's <laughs> pregnant and then there's pregnant with God. Right. 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 Yes. Yeah. Yep. One is socially unexpected, socially unacceptable. The other one is just that's crazy. just crazy. Yeah. Crazy and heretical. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Blasphemous, which they didn't. Yes. They frowned upon that mm-hmm. rather a lot back then. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. To that, I've often thought that too. The at that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a, a town in the hill country of Judea. I don't know, but I think I heard somewhere that that was a bit of a journey to get there. It wasn't quite like we just popped down. I just popped across to your house because distances, even if it wasn't that far away, the distances were such that it took them a long time. So I think about that journey before she got 
to Elizabeth's house yeah. and how she'd be shell-shocked, like, did that really just happen? And did I just say, yep, that's okay? And then when there's that initial meeting of Elizabeth, that confirmation, like, bang, yes. Yes, it is true. Yes, it's, it's from me. Yes, you're not going crazy. But, you know, that journey would have been, I mean, I would have been going, I think I'm losing my mind. Yeah, I'm seeing things. I think the enemy is so cunning. Mm-hmm. That makes you start to question, uh, you know, he's sly. Like when he's in the garden with Eve, it was, are you sure that's what God said? Yeah. And was so was Mary dealing with, with some of that. Yeah. Is, is that... Are you sure it happened? Yeah. Yeah. That that doesn't sound Mm -hmm. like what God would do. Mm -hmm. I mean, he hasn't done that, you know, before. You can imagine all those. And you're just, who are you? You're just this young girl from this no place. You know, you don't have any status in Jewish society or anything like that. Yeah. Why would Messiah be born to you? Why? Yeah. Like, what makes you think you're so special? Yeah. And well, I am noticing to, it says a few days later. So it really was immediately after. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, then to your point, too, about that she's a nobody. And then Elizabeth and Zechariah have this status mm-hmm. with him being a priest. Mm-hmm. So to not only go see someone who would get it, but then to have someone who has that kind of status, not only get it, but celebrate it. Yeah. Would I would imagine mm-hmm. not only encourage her, but almost give validity to her and to what she was going through as well. I, had, I was just talking with somebody earlier because I had a picture on, on my screensaver um, up on the large screen there of um, Israel. And I, oh. I had the, the, really the blessing of going twice. And so the first time to your point about seeing the geography mm. and the distance from Nazareth to Judea and the hill country of Judea, it's not a long distance, but it's, you know, Nazareth is elevate is is an, an area that's elevated, and then going down and then up. And when we think about the story of the Good Samaritan and seeing the winding roads and the potential for for robbers, mm-hmm. I mean, so she there was a physical danger mm-hmm. for a young girl to be out there by herself, mm-hmm. not even just from people, but from animals, right? So there's the physical danger. There's all of that. Mm-hmm. That and and it's not easy terrain. That's what I've heard. That mm-hmm. because it's all by foot. Because she probably couldn't even really afford it to have a donkey or anything like that. So yeah. she just would have walked for however long that it would have taken her mm-hmm. to to get there. And yeah, that was a yeah. that was a journey fraught with many many things that could yeah. go wrong. Yeah. And did she meet up with somebody on the road and travel for a distance and then? You know, why are you going by yourself to Judea? I mean, how do you answer that? I'm pregnant with a Laura's child. (laughs) That's all. All of those points that was she tempted (laughs) to say something Mm -hmm. and then realizing how would I ever explain this? Mm -hmm. Or did she just have that in her to hold it close because that was just her personality and nature? I don't know. Or self-protective. Yeah, yeah. I've heard when people have gone to Israel that the, the way I've heard them describe it is that the Bible goes from black and white to technicolor. Yeah. yeah. I, I've never been able to read scripture the same again, mm-hmm. seeing the geography, seeing distances, but not just the distance, but seeing the, the mountains, the streams, like what would have been the physical boundaries. Right. And I'm, I'm kind of a map geek. Okay. So I will stare at maps. Yeah. And well, the topography yes. of the land. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
and how much in that one small area you go from desert to lush areas back to desert to it's like Arizona yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) to ravines I mean it Mm -hmm. is and it's so small it it is small but just Mm -hmm. the the variety but I yeah I've never been able to read scripture the same it's amazing you know thinking about you know even in in this with Herod sending the army the the temple guards to go kill those that were two and under Mm -hmm. how close Jerusalem and Bethlehem are Mm. like they're they're close now it's hilly but they're close and so how little warning and then just right so I and I didn't realize it until I was there like wow that was that was really by horse right yeah so Joseph again hadn't been paying attention to his dreams Mm -hmm. and waking up and gotten them out do you have to go by Jerusalem from Bethlehem to get to Egypt? You you would go, so um, Bethlehem is south of Jerusalem. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, south and then across, which is a whole nother part of the story. I mean, to think about what was that journey? You're waking up, you flee. Did they hear, how close mm, were behind. they? Did they hear screams? Did they... Realize that, but now, okay, you're now heading to Egypt. You don't know anybody in Egypt. The promise, like how right. dim did it get? Mm-hmm. Well, and also, and what what was his dream? Was his dream that they should just go to Egypt? Mm-hmm. Yep. So, so it wasn't like they knew that what was coming. No, they specifically. Yep, I have to go to. An angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, "Rise." Take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you. For Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. Because I was thinking, I wonder if they would have said, if they would have warned anybody else. But Mm -hmm. from this, it doesn't, they probably wouldn't have thought that Herod was after anybody, any other children. But lots of journeying. Right. You know, even the journey to Judea for the census. Mm -hmm. Which can you imagine riding on a donkey pregnant? Yeah, no, I know. (laughs) And then, yeah, and then giving birth with animals in a cave. Yeah. And I remember, I think it was a stand-up comedian was talking about nativity scenes and how they all look like Mary basically hiccuped and had a baby. <laughs> like that she's got this, you know, serene look on her face. I cannot yeah. imagine that that yeah. was. No. <laughs> no. That's where my wondering goes. <laughs> yeah, and away from home, away from, I mean, you know, I don't know if there were women there to tend to her, mm-hmm. but even that experience of, wow. Right. A lot of hope throughout this whole thing that you had to be hanging on to hope. Right. The the promise. The promise. The promise that mm-hmm. Jesus, that this baby mm-hmm. is who God says he is. Which, you know, to receive the encouragement from Simeon and Anna mm-hmm. when they took Jesus to the temple to be right. dedicated. So again, the what's being spoken over this young life. So they're getting encouragement all right. along or the, the way. Or the shepherds. The shepherds, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yep, in Luke 2 also. Because I, I see that as they're at the low point, like there was nowhere for them. And she's giving birth by herself out in a cave somewhere surrounded by animals. And you've got she's got to be thinking, okay, really? So this was what I was th- I thought I was giving birth to the king of kings and the lord of yeah. lords this doesn't seem right 
And again, you know, you'd start thinking again, maybe I'm just going crazy. And then the Lord in his goodness sends shepherds who have had angels come and speak to them. Mm -hmm. And just that, just another little whisper like, nope, it's okay. No, it's okay. Yeah. It is true. It is good. Yeah. Well, in, in, in verse 19, where Mary kept these things and pondered them in her heart, mm-hmm. kind of like that seed you're talking about hanging on to, yeah. hanging on to that encouragement and remembering that. Which the shepherds, I mean, again, the lowliest of the low, mm-hmm. the people who, you know, they're out with animals. Yeah, that, I mean, of society right, almost. Right. Yeah. And they get right a glimpse mm-hmm. and they get to be the messengers of hope and encouragement to Mary and Joseph. Mm-hmm. So beautiful. They get to see the angels praising God. Mm-hmm. I yes. mean, nobody else, the Magi yeah. didn't even see yeah. that. They got to see the heavenly mm-hmm. praising and glorifying God and what an amazing sight that must yeah. have. Well, they were terrified, so obviously it was a pretty amazing sight. <laughs> but, that, you know, they got to see that. Yeah. As we we're saying, the, the lowliest yeah. of the below Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which makes so all of this again I do a lot of wondering Mm -hmm. (laughs) makes me wonder because God is faithful God never changes so what encouragement are we missing Mm -hmm. in our fast and busy world Mm -hmm. the way God gave encouragement and is it you know I mean some might say okay God did those things because this was about Jesus being born and but what are we missing now because of the noise of our world Mm -hmm. and we're not out in nature in the same way a shooting star meant Mm -hmm. something what 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 are we missing right what encouragements are we missing because we're not paying attention to nature but we're not paying attention to one another Mm -hmm. enough to see to slow down and say when I say Angie how are you and I say that almost the how are you is part of the hello. And we miss it. Mm-hmm. That that person might need encouragement. Right. It, this or may, have the encouragement or, that we need. That we need. Mm-hmm. That there's that too. Right. <laughs> yeah. This might sound crazy. Um, when I first moved, I would say moved from an ex, uh, a head knowledge and a mental assent to I believe in God to actually believing that I could experience God. Mm-hmm. I I was going for a walk around Lake Calhoun and I had prayed that morning, God, I, I, I'm offering my life. Use me. It's one of those moments. Right. Use me, Lord, um, in whatever way that I could best serve you. I just want my life to mean something. And I <laughs> was walking around the lake and I Again, not an audible voice, mm-hmm. but felt as if God was saying, I want you to smile and, and smile at people as they pass you. No, like I really want to be used by <laughs> you. <laughs> I smile at people all the time. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. And I began to do that. And I, I was shocked at the response. And I still get, I still get teary and I'm in awe of just what a simple smile meant. Mm-hmm. People would stop and they'd kind of look over their shoulder, almost like, are you smiling at me? People that had tears. Mm-hmm. And then I re- that lack of connection, 
Like how many people are starved right. for some kind of human connection, even if it's somebody smiling. And by the time I got around Lake Calhoun, I was a mess mm. because I realized how fast my life moved mm-hmm. and how many people I was missing. And it didn't need to be something profound. No. What I considered profound, that I could say this thing that was so profound that would give hope and encouragement. And really, it was a ministry of presence. Right. That being, Even at the, like at the checkout counter. Yes. Saying hello to the person and how are you? And I mean, sometimes having to press in, you know, they'll either not answer or something and no, how are you? And then they are almost startled that yeah. you're almost making them tell you how they are being seen right i mean i think certain people get used to being invisible Mm -hmm. because they're treated that way right well this person sticking their hand out asking for my money or my credit card they're just that's they're almost like a tool Mm -hmm. an extension of that cash register Mm -hmm. they're not really a person right and they get treated rudely and especially this time of year when yeah. we start looking at Christmas shopping and right. how people it get treated. Yeah. And so to humanize and to look into somebody's eyes, I, I, that lesson that day, um, I forget sometimes and then it catches me up short. No, it's not going to be something necessarily that you say. It's going to be that you showed up and you noticed somebody right. and you gave them the gift of being seen. Mm-hmm. I love that. I heard Jill Briscoe speak recently, mm-hmm. and she talked about having the ministry of presence, the ministry of listening, mm-hmm. before you have the minis- before you ever say anything, but give give someone the ministry of just being there, yeah, and listening to them, and not trying to offer. She was talking about Job's friends, how Job's <laughs> friends got it right before mm-hmm. they opened their mouth, that they traveled mm-hmm. to get to Job that they sat and listened and then they opened up their mouth and messed it up. But (laughs) up until the point they were doing really, really well. Yeah. And you asked me at the beginning, you know, something else that, you know, if I wanted to share about, about myself. Mm -hmm. So I am a a certified spiritual director Mm. and spiritual direction is all about being there as a presence for someone and accompanying that person as they're connecting to God. I've heard it as an ear to the person and an ear to the Lord. All at the same time. Is that Mm -hmm. an accurate description? Yeah, interceding uh, for that person and creating safe space. It's all about creating a space. And sometimes that's for that person. They need a physical space, but they need a spot in their day Mm. where they can sit and exhale. And it's like you're holding this space for them to be with God. So you're becoming somebody's Elizabeth. I never thought about it that way. (laughs) Isn't that sort of what it is? Yeah. I never thought about it that way. Creating safe space. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It it really is. And it's, and it's, um, it is such a privilege to do that, to be there with somebody and to, and to like, I get to see God move in this person's Mm -hmm. life. Mm -hmm. Uh, in the span of this hour, I get to, to be a, a conduit sounds like I'm creating something. The only thing I'm creating is the space, the time and the place, and asking a few questions that help that that helps a person to 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 settle into, okay, right now I can be fully present to God and a question that might spark a conversation then with God. So often it's about, you know, then asking the person, Do you 
do you want to talk with God right now? And I will be here with you, mm-hmm. whether you speak silently or aloud, um, but like right now, mm-hmm. <laughs> what are some things that you might want to say? Or let's leave some space because God might want to say something to you. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That prayer isn't mm-hmm. always Bef- just our speaking. No. It's <laughs> it, it needs to be. needs to be. Us listening. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So to be able to do that before the person rushes off into their life now. Mm-hmm. That person's going to leave and go back into their life. But so it's it's like a mini retreat. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> is there because you were when you were talking about walking around Lake Calhoun, is it and you were referring to nature before. Is that a place where you feel God's presence? How some people in, mm-hmm. experience God in different places in different yeah. ways for your personality. Is that it, it usually involves water? Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Water will instantly, no matter how much my soul can feel cluttered, water is the spot that I, okay, I mm-hmm. can take a big exhale mm-hmm. and just listening to water, but just seeing it, right. water and mountains. And if I can get the two at the same time, right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I feel that way about the North Shore mm-hmm. in Minnesota when mm-hmm. you come up over the hill. Yeah. And you can see the the shore going up and then just the expanse yeah. of Lake Superior. It's always like an exhale as I come over that hill. And I think there is something about the expanse and thinking about how big God is. Mm-hmm. And nature reflects, you know, to look up at the sky and see all of the stars or the clouds. Right. Reflects how big and immense and in some ways unknowable Mm -hmm. and yet knowable moment by moment, something new is revealed in nature. Mm -hmm. To your point of what you had said too before Nina about how we don't slow down enough to see it. Mm -hmm. I remember after my mom died, a friend of mine said, look for, look for the Lord moving. Mm -hmm. He he's here and he's moving and he will be ministering, but you need to watch for him because it might be subtle. But I did. I mean, it, it felt like every time, everywhere I turned, he was there. He was doing something. So for that seed, sometimes it's just looking. I mean, we're expecting God to do these big things, but I think then we're not always looking for him and watching for him. The still small voice right. of God that often we we hear the word voice and we think something that we're going to hear in our ear. Audible, right. And audible or even an impression that's like a voice versus what is nature voicing to us mm-hmm. there's an image that comes or there's something that I go oh, okay I don't even know what it means but I something resonates with your soul mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. a retreat center that I visited for years um, started off through a program uh, that I was involved in uh, so quarterly I was at this retreat center And I always had an encounter with deer. And I am not, so I like outdoors, but I'm kind of fickle. I am not uh, a... Camper? uh, No. (laughs) 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 I'm not a camper and I'm not a cold weather person. Oh, okay. I, and there was one day I was at the retreat center and we were in and the whole afternoon was, was silence and solitude. And it was 26 below wind chill. Oh my goodness. Outside. Yeah. Beautiful sunny day, which, you know, that's when it's always the coldest. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So sunny day um, was, I think, like two below, but the wind chill was 26 below. And I just said that I need to be outside. I thought, are you crazy? 
But I knew I, mm-hmm. I need to be outside. And so I had brought my big heavy, I call it my walking down comforter mm-hmm. because it literally, this <laughs> coat goes all the way to the ground. I look like the big Michelin man mm-hmm. and the hood goes, I mean, really all you can see is just a little strip of my face. Right. Bundled up, went outside and I mean, it was really one of those postcard days with mm-hmm. the, 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 the wind blowing the snow and then it looked like crystals mm-hmm. as the light reflected and so I walked down this path and there's this whole group of deer and they didn't move mm-hmm. and I didn't move and I thought what in the world they're not moving at all and then they started to get closer and had a moment of they're going to attack me <laughs> do yeah. deer attack right. they're not going to attack me <laughs> just enjoy this Nina mm-hmm. and one laid down. Wow. Because I sat on a log, one laid down, and then another one laid down. I thought, nobody would believe what I'm doing. Like, they're laying by me like puppies. That's unbelievable. It was, now, if I hadn't gone outside, right. so it was that moment, if I mm-hmm. hadn't done that, I wasn't even thinking about the cold at that point. Like, mm-hmm. Lord, what are you showing me other than, I don't have to look for something big and meaningful out of this other than, I got to slow down and have my soul catch up with my body mm-hmm. and be present to nature and this weird and wonderful gift of these animals around me that they feel safe. Right. <laughs> that they could just lay down. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's, I. so to this day, I, I stopped looking for, I don't know what that meant other than I got to have that experience. Mm-hmm. Slowing down, being in nature, even getting outside of what would be my usual comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Right. And going outside in the middle of winter and the gift that I received that day. Yeah. So you were, it's a retreat that you do on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. So what does, that's a question I ask all my guests is mm-hmm. what does retreat look f- like for you? Is it a practice? Is it a place? It's a practice. I would say first it's a practice. There are some specific places where I retreat mm-hmm. that the, I would describe it almost like a body memory. Mm. So for me, when I'm when I'm going on a retreat, particularly to practice solitude and silence, uh, it takes a while for my mind to shut down. Mm -hmm. Anytime if if silence just doesn't come naturally, I can be physically silent, but an interior silence doesn't come naturally. I might even look serene to other people. And it's like a super highway in my brain Mm -hmm. of thoughts. Certain places where I've developed a practice of being able to enter into the presence of God and silence and mm-hmm. be present, I try to go back there because it's like my body remembers. Right. This it's is like what, what I we talked about here. with going over the hill in Duluth. Yes. There's an exhale. My yeah. body knows that. Yeah. Right. And I can enter into a rest mm-hmm. and a withness with God in a different way than if I'm in a different place. Does that make sense? Yep, totally makes sense. So it is, I have a regular practice of retreat. Um, Sometimes people have said to me, you retreat a lot. Like my life is intense. My retreat, my retreating has to be intense, Mm -hmm. which sounds like the opposite of (laughs) retreat shouldn't be intense, but meaning intentional and I separate myself Mm -hmm. from the company of others. I have to 
because of the the intense nature of my work. Right. Um, so I, I, I have a, what, you know, Benedictines would call a rule of life. Mm, mm-hmm. How do I do life? What are some regular practices and rhythms mm-hmm. and retreating? So part of that is um, a monthly retreat, which could be right here in town. So that's more of a, it, it could be at my home. I have, right. I have a very small town home, but I have one corner that I call my sacred space. Mm. And it's just a little nook because again, when I go to that spot, the only thing I do there is be with God. Mm-hmm. So I do, so that if my schedule doesn't allow, I, I, I may have a day retreat, but I try to do overnight retreats quarterly where I'm just away from home. Cause at home trying to retreat, yeah. all of a sudden the laundry is calling mm-hmm. to me. And yeah, even if it's an afternoon, right. Like getting away and getting still well, and retreating, vacating from your normal, regular yeah. places and spaces Yeah, where you have busyness. Mm-hmm. So my other question that I ask guests is we celebrate weird in my family. So if you were to use the hashtag celebrate weird to describe something about you, what would that be? Or what would those things those, be? Yeah. And we don't have enough time to <laughs> yeah. go through the whole list. But one of the things is what I'm doing right now, which is sipping hot water. Mm-hmm. And somebody just said to me earlier today, aren't you going to put a tea bag in that? <laughs> Another person had asked, it, is that just hot water? Like, yeah, it's so comforting. <laughs> and somebody who got used to me doing that in the wind, I do that in the summer. It could be 90 degrees oh. and I'm sipping. <laughs> Warm <laughs> water? Oh, sorry. You've been, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I think that made hashtag week, Tanya. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, think so. I think so. People drink hot coffee all year. That's true. <laughs> I drink hot tea all year. See? <laughs> That's funny. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I love talking to you and I loved having this time set apart to to talk about scripture and to talk about the Lord and what he's done and what he's doing and I have loved it so thank you so much absolutely thank you for asking it's been fun and so this Christmas I hope you'll take the time to come on down to my side of town cause you're a friend of mine